All right, welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, episode 140. And with me this week, I have everybody's favorite co-host, not named Kirsty. It is <laughs> the flip-flop slash thong slash horseshite guru, Matthew in Kansas City. Matthew, are you with me, sir? I am with you. How are you tonight? Doing well, doing well. Thank you for being here. I always appreciate it. That's all right. That was quite the uh, the build up you gave me. <laughs> I forgot what's your. I forgot all your nicknames all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, all good. All right. So this week we have. Uh, well, let's let's just get into this first. Let's just get into what we normally do, kind of normally do. So Matthew, what podcasts did you listen to this week? Cool. We are getting straight into it. All right. Hang on. Uh, what did I listen to? So I listened to some Wayne's Iron Maiden podcasts. Yeah. And I'm glad to say that I am now up to date. I have listened to Wasting Love and The Fugitive as well. And I saw there's some love for The Fugitive out there. Mm. In Twitter land anyway. Yeah. Kind of surprised me a bit. It was a um, bit of a non-event for me, The Fugitive. As far (laughs) as the song goes, not the episode. The episode was good. Uh, but I also listened to the Ridiculous Rock Record Review. Okay. And be- because of all of our talk of Seventh Son, mm-hmm. of a Seventh Son and Peace of Mind last week, I was like, I'm going to go and have a listen to what they thought about it. And they had some mixed opinions, I'll put it that way. Okay. Not everyone, not everyone thought it sits at the lofty heights that I do. Okay. And uh, but it was good to hear some different opinions on that. That was worth a listen, I would say. If you like it, and if you don't, I'm sure that they'll have some things that will uh, cater to your opinion if you listen to that. So some of our listeners would probably really appreciate some of that, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I just expected the slam dunk that it deserved, but apparently not everyone else did. Right. Uh, but for some reason, I started looking up stuff for Adrian Smith, and I was looking up old interviews and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I had a, a podcast, and I've never listened to these last three before, I don't think. Uh, the first one was Side Jams. I don't know if it was episode 48 or if it's called Side Jams 48. I can't remember. But yeah. it was an episode with Adrian Smith, and it was just talking about how, how him and, and Richie were collaborating. Mm-hmm. And But it was interesting because he goes into a bit of his family background and mm. when he initially started with Maiden. And he felt like he was trying to keep up with Dave Murray and Van Halen, he mentioned as well. I thought, oh, it's pretty interesting. Like, yeah. he thought the pressure was on straight away. Huh. But he talked about, there's a bit of fishing, a bit of fishing tour, but it wasn't boring fishing tour, like you might think it might have been. <laughs> like his book. Just, <laughs> yeah, but he just talks about how he chills out. But it was a it was a good interview. I liked it. He just comes across, because he's so down to earth. Yeah, he, uh, he seems and really cool. he just... I don't know. He's just chill. What I like him. He's pretty cool. Uh, there was another one called The Hook Rocks, and okay. I listened to the new wave of British heavy metal legacy uh, with Martin Popoff. Now okay. this is going. This is going back about a year. This was May the sixteenth last year, mm-hmm. and it was a pretty good interview as well. So he just talks about a lot of different bands and what helped some of the bands at the time to make it and what were some of the things that held other bands back. You know, good music, but they didn't break through for one reason or another. But 
there was an interesting point that he made about Maiden in this. So he refers to them as one of the last new wave of British heavy metal bands that haven't changed. So he thinks that anything from 83, mm-hmm. Peace of Mind, that's probably a familiar album to, <laughs> to you and I at least anyway, sure. and Kirsty and you some other others people. from the last week or so. Yeah. But he says they've just basically made the same album over and over again. They've kept the same sound. and mm, Yeah. yeah I, I gave it a bit of a thought. I, he's talking about the gallop and all, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was still a good interview. And then the last, second last one for me, the Hook Rocks again. Uh, they called it Goldmine, Smith Cotson. And I think this was a shorter one. I think it was only 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And most of it, again, was just to do with the fact that they had the the Cotson Smith album coming out, so talk about that. Sure. But I, but Adrian went on to talk about some of his influences. Um, there was a, something interesting on this where they talked a little bit about previous solo projects and how ASAP, when that came out, so that was back in 89, mm-hmm. how that had caused a problem because of the music being too different to Maiden and because it's a very different sounding album. I don't know if you've heard it or if it's just been so long since you've heard it. That you've yeah, it. yeah, I remember that a little bit. Yeah, and it was, you know, it wasn't metal by any stretch. It probably sounded like a very accessible American oh, yeah. American rock at the time. That's yeah. how I kind of remember thinking of it when it came out. And he mentioned that as well, that it was considered very AOR at the time. And because it was so different, uh, that caused some of the problems. And he came out and said, though, that that was basically started the beginning of the end mm-hmm. of him being with Maiden. So it all come about from that. So that's, a, you know, I've heard things, but I've never heard a direct quote like that from him before. And then the last thing that I have here was an episode with your good self and Kirsty, and to do with the number of, sorry, no, not number of the beast, peace of mind. <laughs> yeah. Versus Seventh Son. Yeah. And did I you enjoy did, that one? I did. That's good. It, it's caused some little things, but I was going to say, I did like the editing that you did at the start of this. You did the little mashup. I wasn't expecting anything like that. Oh. Yeah. Edit. Editing, that is. <laughs> but I thought it was it was interesting. Um, I don't know what else to say there. It was really... It ended up the way it needed to. It's, that's the way I felt anyway. And a lot of other people I saw on Twitter felt the same. Sure, sure. The Seventh Sun got Yeah, it was, it was a lot of mixed, mixed uh, responses on it. But yeah, I enjoyed doing that little... When I started thinking about... some. Sometimes I don't want to really do a bunch of like splicing music together because uh-huh. it, it takes t- some of the integrity of it. But I just started thinking about because both of those songs have certain starts and stops, you know, the seven deadly sins, you know, was seven holy pass to hell and your trip begins. And then that's a stop. And I just remember like thinking about it. And I thought that'd be just cool to just right there. Seven downward slow. Something that'd be kind of cool. And so I just started, you know, and, and when there's stops, it makes it a little easier to do it. So I, but yeah, that was I appreciate that. That was that was I like doing that at, from time to time just because it's uh it's neat to hear how things f- the coolest thing other than that I think that I've ever done like that is when we did the episode I believe it was for Aces High with Andrew uh-huh. and uh, we started with the uh, the um, air raid siren coming in and then mm-hmm. as it's going on 
uh, the song just dun 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 dun, and I was like, oh, I just remember that giving me goosebumps when it happened because it was a total accident. And then I was like, oh, I got to fix this where it works out perfectly. And but yeah, little things like that sometimes it just makes it. I like that. I like that. But I appreciate that. So no, it was good. Uh, for me, podcasts. I only oddly enough, I mean, I I always listen to the uh, episode. Oh, I got to say this too. Well, let me. I'll, I'll end with this one. So. Uh, Monty's Rockcast, episode number 249. I listened to that one. Uh, it's Monty Colvin from Galactic Cowboys. Uh, and then I listened to, uh, finally, uh, you and Kirsty and uh, Steve Wright and uh, Ray from the, the Going Blind podcast. Hmm. He, uh, <laughs> he uh, y'all have all talked about the ridiculous rock record review or R4 as they go by, I guess. And I was like, I need to listen to one, especially, you know, being a, doing a Maiden podcast, I didn't really want to listen to the Maiden one. I just like, I want to listen to something that I don't focus on as much. And, you know, I love Kiss. So I did go find the Unmasked one that I think Ray had recommended. And then you told me about. And yeah, there was some, there's some real, you know, funny comments on there. And I was a little disappointed at, at how much they bashed it because I thought, I, at a certain point, I was like, this album is like, once you get past the fact that it's poppy the way it is, like, I'm like, some of those songs are, are better than they gave them credit for. And I was really, when they started talking bad about Naked City, I was like, oh, man, man. come on. Naked City is the best song That's on good the one. album. Yeah. And, you know, like, Easy As It Seems and What Makes the World Go Round and Tomorrow. I'm like, it's not really necessarily what I want from Kiss, but, you know, but like I said, it was, there was some, Really, you know, there's some moments on there that made me laugh out loud a couple times there. So that was, but I was like, I'll have to definitely check out some more of those. So, uh, and I also, I always listen to my own podcast during the week. It's almost kind of a, let me make sure everything, you know, because <laughs> I edit it during the week. I mean, I, I mean, when I edit it, when I get done with it, anyone that does their own podcast will know, at least this is what I do. Once I edit everything, there's a certain amount of cuts like where you chop the audio up and like, like we talk and we do whatever. And then if I have to edit anything out or, and I piece everything back together and then I can look on the screen and see where those pieces are. So I'll always go to the very beginning and I hit play and I just start getting to where the cuts are. And let me go, let me make sure I got this cut right. Make sure it fades out good and fades in. And every now and then there's a little bit of a something like, I think when I did something that the, I think when it, when that thing started, one of the music pieces came up and it wasn't very loud for a second. Yeah. And I really couldn't figure, I thought it was going to equalize whenever I did everything, but it didn't. So, but I went through and I check everything. I always do this. I go, I check everything. I thought I had made all of the edits on the podcast. I thought everything we, you know, we had a point where we stopped for a bathroom break and I thought, okay, I cut that out. I cut this out. I did all this. And let's see. It was, Tuesday morning, I was getting ready for work, and I it's because of the time difference, you know, Kirsty's an hour ahead of us in the morning or in the evening. Like, for mornings for me, she's an hour ahead in the evening, so if it's 10 o'clock in the morning for me, it's 11 at night for her. So I was getting ready for work on Tuesday morning. I was going in late that day because I had a different schedule that week, last week, and I just sent her a text, and she goes, oh, I can't believe you left the part in where the dog was barking and I went and I just had to think really fast. And I mean, I was just half dead, barely half alive, you know, trying to wake up, brush my teeth and 
I'd been up for a couple hours and I was just dragging. <laughs> and um, and then I'm like, when she said that, I'm like sitting there and, and I'd wasted all of my extra time not doing anything, just kind of dragging around trying to get moving. And when I saw this, I immediately went, what happens on that part? And then I was like, I know people, I know, I know probably 70 or 80 people might've heard this. I don't know how many exactly. It pays but, to be a first day listener. Yeah, I guess so you in get, this instance. But I told a story, I told a story about, uh, you know, what they call female dogs and, and how, whenever I see female dogs, I always refer to them to my wife. I'll say, Hey, look, there's a, you know, female dog. But, and I told the story and, and when, as soon as she said it, I started thinking of the dog barking. Oh, wait. She went away to go check on her dog, and then I told Matt that story, and then, uh, <laughs> and I mean, I'm telling you, dude, I went from half asleep to uh, jolted. I was like looking at my clock. How much? When do I have to leave for? What's the latest I can leave for work? And I mean, I brushed my teeth as fast as I could. I did everything I had to. I ran upstairs and re-edited that part of the podcast. And I was just watching the clock because, you know, the whole thing, once you do it, you have to wait for all these other things to take place and so you can upload it. And and I had some people that said, like, when I talked to you and I told you about it, you're like, wait, when was that? And I was like, if you didn't hear it, it's because you heard the, the unedited, you heard the edited where I got that yeah. part too. So anyone that heard that, I'm not going to apologize because I didn't really say anything offensive, but I, it wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> so, but I will acknowledge that I, I screwed up. And, and I remember, I think even in that part, I said, I have to edit this out or I'll hear about it from Feck. (laughs) And and I thought to myself, he probably doesn't listen on day one anyway. So I I didn't have anything to worry about. But I made me laugh when I because I went back and I was like, what's in here? And I was fast forwarding and I heard that line. I was like, oh, God, please don't let Feck hear this. (laughs) So Feck, you missed it if you didn't hear it. So and, and he never said anything to me about it. So he obviously didn't hear it. So I don't know when he listens or if he listens all the time, but. He only listens whenever he's going to get threatened to be beat up by a 15-year-old girl, I think. so. <laughs> Which anyone would, right? <laughs> Has she still got a beef with him? Is there still something happening there? Uh, Well, she's not. she hasn't come up here yet, so if she comes up here later, I'll ask her. So She might be working out. Yeah, she's, she's in the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so that's, that's... But that's all the podcasts I listen to. I listen to that R4 podcast. I listen to Monty's, then I listen to mine. And this week, I, I listen to a lot more music, as you will find out here right now. Um, and again, this is the think week three in a row that I'm, uh, all about Akadaka. So, <laughs> or as you like to say, Akadaka. <laughs> I don't think I've ever liked to say that, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> you like to make fun of people that say it like that. Let me put it that I've way. I've never heard anyone ever say Akadaka until uh, the <laughs> week or so before. I literally knew how to say it. And then at the last second I was like, wait, is it Aka or Aka? So, <laughs> but Okay, so yeah, that's all, that's all I listened to this this week as well. And I mean, I listened to quite a few albums. Uh, just And some of them were literally the day I was editing. Um, but I listened to, uh, let's see, I'll go in order of uh, a vocalist because I listened to uh, High Voltage, good album. Listened to Highway to Hell, another good one. Uh, I haven't listened to this one in a long time. Let There Be Rock. Oh, man. Let There Be Rock is just such a good album. Such a good album, man. I love Bon Scott. He's, He's so good. great. Uh, and then I got into some newer era albums. Um, Fly on the Wall. And there was a few decent tracks on there. I didn't mind uh-huh. it as much. I didn't like it as much as I was. I wasn't sure what I was going to think of it. 
That came out in 85. Then I worked my way backwards and I went to, uh, well, kind of, I went to For Those About to Rock. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I was blown away by how unimpressed I was with that album. It's it's a step down after Back in Black. Huge step down. Like I well, like like I thought the song was good. Obviously the song is a, you know, classic. <laughs> well, you know what? It's like Fear of the Dark. Well, it's not like Fear of the Dark at all. Everyone rates Fear of the Dark a little higher than it should because yes, of that one song. Of, yeah. It does have but, that in common. Yeah. But I don't then I started to think I was like, yeah, I don't think anyone really rates for those about to rock the album. I know I don't. Yeah. I, great, great track though. But I mean, that's one of that definitely was one of my Columbia House albums. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to skip one to, and then I'll save one for the end. Uh, Power Up, the newest album, obviously. Uh, listen to that a few times this week. Man, well, I had it, I had it turned on while we were chatting a little earlier just to hear a couple of songs. And man, it's such a good album. I'm hmm. I'm blown away by. I mean, that album blows for those about to rock away. It blows Fly on the Wall away. Um, man, it's a great album. Great album. I highly recommend anyone, if you haven't liked ACDC for a long time, that's a really, there's stuff on there that I, like we were listening earlier, I said, you can see this on Highway to Hell, you know, musically. Yeah. So, which is impressive for a band that's, you know, 50 years in, roughly. So, or almost 50 years in. And the only other album, let's see, uh, I will just make sure I've named them all. Yeah. The only other album I listened to was one you listened to last week. And I thought to myself that I hadn't heard it probably since I had it on the Columbia House Club back in the early 80s, um, which would have been at that time probably the current album, uh, Flick of the Switch. Oh, okay. Because I I was listening to uh, one of the podcasts I told you I listened to last week, Dean Del Rey. Yeah. When he was talking to Phil Rudd, he was talking to him about, he said, I think that Flick of the Switch is really underrated and it's a lot better than it gets credit for. And I've kind of had that in the back of my mind. So I was like, let me turn it on. So I got in the car and I was going somewhere with my wife and, you know, she doesn't want to hear it. So I I turned it on and just had it down low in the background. And it just kept, I just, I just like, I'm just going to let it play. And I'm kind of trying to listen to the songs and hear them a little bit. And as I'm hearing just little bits, I'm like, man, this sounds really good. Everything I'm hearing, especially because I'd listened to For Those About to Rock before it. And I'm going, man, this is really good. This is really good. And I just remember my wife going, who would want to listen to someone <laughs> screaming like this? And she's got a point with the way his vocal style sounds, you know. it does. Yeah. But I was just like, I said, a lot of people like this, you know. And musically... It's just straight ahead rock and roll. I had it on up here earlier in my in the zone. We were setting some stuff up, and she was up here, and I had it turned on, and she just kind of started dancing around to it. And I was like, "See, it's got a good, it's got a good straight ahead beat, you know." Hang on, Andy Steve started dancing around. Yes, to flick of the switch. <laughs> oh, okay. I would not have picked that. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes she gets in that little funny mood of doing that. Did she, did she get a brain shake? I did. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what? But when we. We had been in the car and and she had some stuff that I, she needed my help with up here and I was like okay I'm gonna go up there and do that but I'm gonna turn the, you know my my little portable speaker on and listen to some music up here and so I turned flick of the switch on and just listened to it you know two or three times in a row while we were up here and I was like man this album is really good like a lot of these they're all a lot of these songs are really catchy the choruses mm-hmm. are catchy um, I know you're the one that you said you like so much Bedlam and Belgium oh, I love that yeah I like that chorus and. Uh, just looking at the album, uh, 
the song titles. It's got a good start. That rise, I like Rising Power. Rising Power, This House is on Fire. That's a yep. good chorus. The flick, flick, of the, of, flick of the Switch is a good chorus. Nervous Shakedown, Landslide, Gun for Hire, Deep in the Hole is good. Even though some of these <laughs> names of songs yep. are pretty, uh, you know. Uh, Bedlam in Belgium. And I have to say Bedlam. It's, I would normally say Bedlam, but Bedlam and Bed. Or did I say, yeah, Bedlam. And then, ba- I mean, every song, really, it's a good album. And, and Oh, gosh, I didn't realize how short the album was. It's only 37 minutes. Yeah, it's a pretty easy listen. No wonder I've listened to it. No wonder I've listened to it six times in the last day and a half. <laughs> that that's one six times of this is like one listen to Senjutsu. Oh. <laughs> that's insane. But um, yeah, I really am digging that album, and it's funny because I had that album. That that's one of the very first albums I had as a fledgling trying to. F- Get find my wits about me, music fan in nineteen eighty four ish, right eighty five ish. Just hey, I'm going to get thirteen cassettes for a penny. Flick of the switch is one of them. I'm hundred percent sure. And I just it just you know I was probably expecting for those about to rock and, but I don't remember. I just don't remember getting into it back then. So. But that's that was my uh, music listening for the week. So, what about you? What music did you listen to this week, Matthew? Well, I did listen to some ACDC or Akadaka, mm-hmm. as you now affectionately um, yeah. refer to them as. But no, the Kiss of all the Kiss things I could have listened to, and I think it was because I listened to that the podcast where they ripped on it. Not the um, Unmasked. I went back and listened to Dynasty, Dynasty, Dinner, depending, Dynasty. If you. For the people who listen to the first half of the podcast and not the meat and potatoes. The ones that, the ones that don't just skip to the meat and potatoes of it. Yeah. If you're out there, hello, James. <laughs> uh, so, no, I don't know. I listen to that. A uh, bit of Dynasty. Apart from the first track, once you get past that, the songs are all pretty decent, I think. Thank you. Welcome. I'm glad, and I'm glad to hear somebody else agrees with me on that. Well, we we did it before. We covered. We came up with the same thing. That, yeah. You know, once you yeah. get past that disco-y thing. And you know what? So, I was playing it in the car. And I don't think that Luke's ever heard it. He hasn't heard me play it in the car before, but I I didn't skip it. I went with I was made for loving you first and let it play. Oh boy. Well, right from the start, you know, he hears the do 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 So he started copying that. He thought that was okay. Wait, but you I mean he wasn't singing uh um, Mustard. <laughs> Miracle Whip <laughs> Miracle and Mustard? Whip. No, no, apparently he likes uh oh, Paul, sorry Dave, Paul you've been singing. ousted now. Yes. Yeah, let's come up with a new jingle. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, we got through that and then, and he told me he liked it cause I asked him about some of the songs. He's like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah. So then some ACDC, Akadaka, yeah. and I started off with some Back in Black and I listened to that a few times actually this week. Okay. And moved on to Power Up for the first time. I'd never listened to that before. I'd heard a couple of songs. Yeah. Uh, that shot in the dark and there was something else. Uh, is it Demon Fire? I can't think of it. Yeah, Demon Fire. And I'd heard that before. But like you say, it's this is really impressive. Yeah. For how deep that they are into their career, mm-hmm. that they still sound as good as they do. Golly, I know. Uh huh. And the, the songwriting is still as strong as it ever was. Yeah. And stronger, you know, it's stronger than what some of those '80s albums were, like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. For those about to rock, well, this kind of kills it. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So no, I was really impressed by that. I liked it. Yeah. But so after I'd listened to. That once and back in black a few times, they decided I want to get out of metal for a little bit. Uh-oh. So a little band that James probably knows, 
it's not metal at all. Uh, Crowded House. I went and listened to their debut album just so I could mix it up. What, what's you, their? What's the song I would know by them? Probably Don't Dream It's Over. Oh, okay, okay. Them. Yeah, see, I remember when I was a little kid, I remember them before they were Crowded House. They were in a band called Split Ends. <laughs> and that's, that's going right, right back to when I was a little boy. And it's catchy, catchy stuff. But then I was like, you know, I've had my fill of that. And so I got back into some more Akadaka and went back to Highway to Hell because you can't go wrong with that. True. And then I was like, you know what? I want something a little bit more melodic. And I was kind of looking around for this, that, and the other. Uh-oh. And I ended up going to some Blue Oyster Cult. Wow. And it's something I don't really listen to. I like some songs, but I'm sure I've never listened to. Actually, I had something on the cassette once. I think they had a song called Godzilla on it, but I don't know if I ever got through it when I was a teen. Yeah. But yeah, Agents of Fortune, and I liked it. I liked the, the sound, the guitar sound and all this and that. Yeah. Plus, yeah. it's very melodic. And obviously, the only song I really probably knew off that was Reaper, don't but that's a good that, album. Yeah. I was really surprised by that. Uh, and then I talked to you about something uh, you'd called, and I was going to listen to some Saxon, I told you. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't want to listen to Carp Diem again because I've listened to that a few times. So I was like, oh, I'll go back to whatever's just before it and see how they've uh, progressed. Yeah. So I listened to something called Heavy Water and I was working and doing some other things. And I was like, hang on, this doesn't sound like Saxon at all. And it's because it's not really Saxon. It's Biff and his son, apparently. Hmm. And I was like, this just sounds like American rock. But it was good. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. And... He Biff does some backing vocals on some of the tracks, but I guess it's his son doing most of it. Hmm. And I remember hearing something about this a while back, because I think it's a year or two old now. Yeah. But it was good. It was pretty solid. Okay. And then as soon as that had finished, it went straight on to Samson, riding with the angels. And I was like, oh, you know what? Why not? So I, went, so I went through and listened to, to all of that, because you can't go wrong with that. Uh, Dynasty. The Dark Delight, that's still getting a run, but I only got one play this week. Okay. Uh, I think that's almost run its path now. Okay. And I started to listen to some Maiden, Peace of Mind, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> and I can't, no, nah, I really just ran out of time. I started listening to it. Yeah. And I don't think I even got through the first side of it um, and just ran out of time, not for any other reason than that. But that was all that I got to listen to this week. Okay, okay. Well, I guess now it's time for a little bit of what they call audience participation. And we've got retweets and tweet quotes. And apparently, people were interested to listen to us do the battle between Peace of Mind and Seventh Son. And it was it was fun to do. So let's uh, let's let's tell everybody who retweeted here and I think there's some names in here you might recognize. <laughs> uh, for, first off, we got um, his royal dudeness, Dave in the USA. Um, we got Ted Jacobus in Tampa Bay, Florida. Juan Camilo Barrera in I'm, I'm going to mess this Longueil, Longueil, Quebec. I'm not sure how that it's probably pronounced in a French way, but I don't know how to say it. Uh, Luis Luis Mariano. In Venezuela, Papa Lewis, the Iron Maiden encyclopedia that he is, mm. always there. I always appreciate him because anytime I have a question about anything, 
Like someone will say something and they'll be like, well, did blah, 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 blah. And I'll always go, well, I'm not really sure. And then I just, and then I just tag Lewis in the comment too. And he'll ask, always, he'll ask al- the papa. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then there's a uh, Travis Reynolds in Columbus, Ohio, the scouser, David Laird in Liverpool, England, Juan Jose on Twitter, Jesse, the delivery guy in Illinois, USA, Joe knows on Twitter Kirsty Prince, the what's her nickname? The histor- the official historian and translator of Uncle Steve's Iron Man Zone in Perth, Australia, your old stomping grounds. She's not here to tell on me this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm now- on Twitter. I'm on Twitter right now, and you didn't know Ooh, if I hadn't told you. You outed yourself. You did Kirsty's job for her. So well, usually she's the one dubbing me in, but yeah. Say hi, Kirst. Oh, and this next one is one you'll know. Uh, mm-hmm. Amy Lee Freedom W1 in the Kingdom, baby. In the Kingdom. You know what kingdom she's talking about? Not the United Kingdom. Which kingdom is she talking about? Chief's Kingdom, baby. <laughs> That's your kingdom, right? Is now. It's my adopted kingdom. Your adopted kingdom. Okay. Okay, so that's the retweet. So the tweet quotes, and we got quite a few of these. Uh, first one is from Chip Ross in Los Feliz, L.A. He said, did anyone notice Infinite Dreams has a very similar riff midway through to Revelations? It's a riff of three power chords at the 145 mark. One more reason, Revelations beats Infinite Dreams. Now, I want to address this first because this one just came in real recently, like right before we started recording. And This is hot off the press. Hot off the presses, yeah. And uh, so we were sitting here chatting before, and we saw it. And so I said, well, let's just play it. Let's see what, you know, uh, I wish I had them both pulled up right now. Um, but we played the riff at 145. It's like it's in in uh, Revelations. It's the part where they're kind of it's da da na da na, and then the revel and then the um, the part in um, let me see if I may still have it pulled up. Hold on here, and the part in Infinite Dreams. Oh no, I don't. Uh, let me see here. I may have it. Yeah, so 145. It the time change. 145. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let me let me see if my speaker's on here and I can turn it on here. Oops. Yeah. It may it may be a little in the wrong spot at first, so let me try this. Hold on. Yeah. Let me get to it here. Uh let me just fast forward. You said 145? Okay. 145. Okay, so I've got it at 138. So this is the part he's saying close to sounding like uh revelations. Here we go. Baba. That part. Okay. So that's kind of what he's talking about. And, and I, I never even thought about it. But when I read it, and I, immediately I was like, wait, I bet you that, that sounds about accurate. So I... I kind of agree with uh, I kind of agree with Chip on this, and we'll we'll, we'll actually get back a little more to it um, in a little bit, but uh, but yeah, I thought that was a good point. Um, the next one was uh, Paul Rook in Boston, Massachusetts, and he said, "Very enjoyable episode featuring two of my favorite albums, 
And then he, in parentheses, says, and I, too, was surprised at how this played out, thinking it would have been more one-sided, which is what we all thought. Mm -hmm. Um, And a special shout out to Kirsty for remembering my former Twitter handle. And then listen to this. I mean, if this doesn't, very impressive memory. (laughs) That's why she's the historian. That's right. That's right. Um, Oh, boy. Now, this is name I'm going to mess up here. Uh, he says, it's Daniel Leguizamon in Ushaya, Argentina. Ooh, Argentina. That's where that ACDC uh, lot of it, the uh, river plate's at, isn't it? I believe so. Anyway, he said, peace of mind just because it has revelations. Best song of humanity, Matthew. Hmm. That's a bit of a call. That is a bold, bold statement. And you know in, what? In humanity. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, Daniel's opinion, and I can't. You can't argue somebody's opinion because that's what they believe. I mean, hey, I think it's a great song, so I like it. So, but I would, I wouldn't say it's my favorite of all time. I, but. I know it is some people's favorites. I can think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, sure, away. sure, sure. I mean, you know, but, but I thought that was an interesting comment. That's a like I said, that's a very bold comment. Uh, and then J Mo on Twitter, he said, Seventh son for me, and then you might recognize this part. Born of woman, the seventh son, and he in turn of a seventh son. He has the power to heal. He has the gift of the second sight. He is the chosen one. And then of course our favorite line at the end of last week's episode, so it shall be written. So it shall be done. So, uh, Next up, his royal dudeness, Dave in the USA. He said, interesting listen as the hosts go through a song-by-song debate. All I can say is that if you are a bigger fan of one of these albums, you will wish the host treated the end of the podcast more like the NFL and less like MLB. <laughs> and his Queet quote was retweeted by Leonard Allen in Carrigaline, Cork, Ireland. Another one here. Uh, now, okay. His Royal Dudeness Queet quoted the Weekend Warriors Queet quote. <laughs> and, and, and I have to read what he said first before I read uh, Lord Andrews here. He said, I think Andrew said it best. Even though, unfortunately, it seems he's team seventh son in the battle. Lord Andrew, near Melbourne, said, Enjoyable listening. Could have been condensed down to (laughs) Quest for Fire is on peace of mind. Therefore, seventh son wins. (laughs) Could you argue that logic? Mm. I don't don't know that you could. Yeah, it's a tough one to argue, but you could. Uh, uh, Well, you're going to find out. You're gonna find out. It would have made would have made for a much much shorter episode. That's that's for sure. That's for sure. You know. Now this uh, let's see. Lord Andrews' tweet quote was also retweeted by Cynthia Christie in Vancouver, British Columbia. Next up, the detention teacher of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, Gen Maryutani from Chiba, Japan, who's probably got his uh private eyes watching you Matthew when it's watching full eyes you can't escape my private eyes they're watching you 
I haven't done anything wrong. I'm here. Yeah. Someone else is not here. Yeah, yeah. Did someone else do something wrong? Maybe, maybe. Mm. He said- about that. He said, so I was counting how many times I would rewind in this episode. Eight times, guys. <laughs> Does it, that mean he couldn't, he couldn't believe what he was hearing? He, yeah, well, his next word just explains it. Inconceivable. Oh. I don't know what was wrong with you guys. Maybe too many stiff drinks. I will, and then he said, I will post the correct answers here. Please listen to this episode and try this exercise. All right. Did he match up with you? His picks? Uh, here, here's what he said. Here's what he said. I have his picks right in front of me. He said, where Eagles Dare loses to Moonchild. Revelations loses to Infinite Dreams. Flight of Icarus over Can I Play With Madness. Die With Your Boots On loses to Evil That Men Do. The Trooper over Seventh Son. Mm. Still Life loses to The Prophecy, Matthew. Oh, that's interesting. Sun and Steel loses to the Clairvoyant, Matthew. And last, To Tame a Land loses to Only the Good Die Young. So he had it, Peace of Mind 2, Seventh Son 6, which he said those were the correct answers. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad he schooled us on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, now he's, now he's started to just become a regular teacher, not a detention teacher. So. And his uh, his tweet quote was retweeted by Soto Enrique on Twitter. Next up, the Honorable Counselor, Sir Richard Holmes of the Ulster Unionist Party in Garvaugh, Northern Ireland, the only official politician of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, Matthew. He said, extra time and a penalty shootout for what should have been a comfortable win. <laughs> Keeps the excitement up, I suppose. Right winner at the end. If only Liverpool had been so fortunate. And where is Kirsty when we need her? Because he has four capital letters, and I'm not sure what they mean. Uh, Y-N-W-A. The letter Y, the letter N, the letter W, and the letter A. I don't know what th- that's an acronym for something. I reckon it probably would be. Um, she can come back next week and tell you. Yeah, Kirsty. Yeah, Kirsty, you'll have to let us know on that one. No, we're not sure. Um, the next one up, Asylum, Tales from the Devereux Diaries. Oh, hang on. You'll never walk alone. You'll never. I wonder if it's that. It's a, it's a song that uh, gets played. At, oh, they don't play it. They sing it. The crowd sings it. I wonder if it's that. Okay. Okay. Is that something they do at like a Liverpool game? Uh, I don't know. I don't follow the, okay. well, their, their football or soccer. So Curse- I don't know that they sing it. The crowd sings it. Kirsty will let us know next week. Uh, okay, so yeah, Asylum, Tales from the Devereux Diaries. He said, another epic maiden battle this week on Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Great job, as always, by Uncle Steve, Kirsty, and Matt. Up the Irons. And that was retweeted by Julio Caesar in per- Perriera, Colombia. I probably pronounced that wrong. <laughs> uh, if Julio, if you're listening, you can correct me. Uh how would, he, how would he do that? Email me, ironmaidenpodcast at gmail.com, or you can uh, let me know on Twitter as well. So, uh, Next one up, Cleanest. Cl- sorry, Matthew, I'm going to take a little drink because my, uh, <laughs> my mouth's getting dry. 
You draw any out? Just a little. Just a little. Cleanest of ancient misters in the United States said, wow, wow, this episode, <laughs> pay attention to this. This is pretty good. This episode was like a boat trip down the river with some small drama rapids here and there. Everyone on board is happy. The captain knows the route. Then two of the crew run the boat up on the land. If only they listened to the good captain. Matthew. I got a chuckle from that. I, do. I remember reading that one. <laughs> I, I was, I, it took me a couple times that I was like, hey, he's saying I'm the good captain. Hey, good. All right. Because all I could think of was the skipper from Gilligan's Island, referring <laughs> yeah, to you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, next up was Jesse, the delivery guy. He said, I like the mashup. Uh, I like the mashup intro of the two albums. Totally agree with Matt. All the things I didn't like about the prophecy is what draws me in now. That song kicks ass or butt. <laughs> he's a wise, he's a wise man, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, another Dave in the USA. Pre, he says this is his pre-listen comment. <clears throat> I wonder how many people could uh, agree with this one. Since I began listening to Uncle Steve about eight months ago, I've had to install a second bathroom. <laughs> I've gained 20 pounds due to extra drinking, and I am on more meds. <laughs> My doc told me to stop listening, but he doesn't understand. It beckons me. <laughs> He's compelled. Like the sirens on the rocks, Matthew. How did that work out in the end? Yeah, we know. <laughs> Next up is my buddy Anthony in San Antonio, Texas. He said, if Uncle Steve's hashtag Iron Maiden song slash album ranking episodes are any indication about how this battle episode will go, then we're in for a fantastic treat. Can't wait to hear. Hashtag Pod Nation. Hashtag Up the Irons. I'm kind of glad he slowed down. Remember that one week when he gave me like, seven or eight hashtags in a row. And I ended up like just slipping and sliding <laughs> all over myself. It was rough. So, but it, I'm up for the challenge, Anthony. If you want to throw some more at me, I'm, I'll, I'll give it my best. Uncle Steve will pick up what you're putting down. That's right. You, I don't, I don't turn it down. You know, if someone wants, you know, to match chagrin, if someone wants me to sing, I'll sing. So, Oh yeah. It's not go that far. Yeah. 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 Okay, so next up was uh, Michael Nolan in Cork, Ireland. He said, courting controversy as usual. This is going to divide the crowd. Boy, he was he, he hit the nail on the head on that one, didn't he? <laughs> uh, next up was uh, Rathchild on Twitter. And that person said, seventh son all the way. And next one up was uh, one that uh, I guess we'll both be uh, familiar with this one now. The R four podcast, Matthew. What does R? What does the R stand for again? Really? No, no. The ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I say know. it for me. I'll mess it up. It is the ridiculous rock <laughs> record review. Is that it? That's the one. Okay. Uh, ridiculous rock record review. Yeah, there's too many R is in there for me. There is. Uh, but the R four podcast. That's how they go on Twitter. The it's R sound like, a, sound like a pirate. R R four. <laughs> The sirens on the rocks, they beckon me. <laughs> Sorry, I've that up now. Yeah, thank you. 
Glad you could do that. You know, it's uh, eventually it'll be national talk like a pirate day. Maybe we could do a whole it episode like that. Me and you talking like pirates the whole time. How do you think Kirsty would do on that? I was that she was the first person I thought <laughs> of just then, like seeing her pull that one off. Kirsty, next week I want you to talk like a pirate. So okay, I, I can see. I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she go no. <laughs> yeah. So R four podcast in Massachusetts, USA said, "Great episode, folks. Thanks for the shout outs to the. Oh, I should have just looked right here." To ridiculous rock record reviews. <laughs> and incidentally, I'm on team peace of mind. Oh. Okay. Well, okay. That's your choice. I mean, you know, I, I, we, we didn't, you know, we liked the album, so I can't fault anybody. So. Well, you know what? That, that's a good thing in itself that a team was chosen. Yeah. Even, yeah, if, yeah. even if it was the wrong team, you still chose a team. I mean, hey, you know, but you know what? There's always got to be fans of both teams, or else the, or else a, a game is not interesting to watch. Yeah, it's you know? like trying trying to straddle a barbed wire fence. Doesn't if every, wait, say that again. It's like trying to straddle a barbed wire fence. It's just not going to work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you were going to have something else to add there. No, no. Now you can leave it to your imagination. Yeah, I've got one more uh, quit trope here, and this guy, if you want to hear his Iron Maiden story. This guy's Quitro, Dean King 2, better known as Kevin. Uh, He's on Iron Maiden Story, episode 94, installment 25 of Iron Maiden Stories. Uh, But yeah, he goes by Kevin there, so I'm not not throwing him under the bus by saying his... uh, You're outing him again. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm just, you know, that's if if anyone goes and listens to that, because I was like... We've mentioned him a lot on the last couple episodes, and I was talking to Matt before we started, and I just said, you know, if anyone's not on Twitter, they wouldn't know who we're talking about at all. So if you're wondering who this crazy cat Dean is, you can listen to episode 94 of my podcast, which is installment 25 of Iron Maiden Stories. He's got a good one, too, so. And he survived the gangland-style hit a few weeks ago, apparently. He's still around. (laughs) That was on you, I guess. (laughs) So, okay. He said, now here he goes, get ready, get ready. Despite clearly trying to drive me away, and and then in parentheses he says, y'all are stuck with me, by the way, because my wisdom is needed. (laughs) Fake news from Matt and last minute election irregularities. I take this show as much vindication and recommend for a fun maiden battle with an obvious winner, despite the hosts. <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe I should re, re. You know, like since I know you like to rearrange things, Matt. Maybe he should. Hey, I read the words on the page. You did. I stand true. by that. With an, but maybe he should have said with an obvious winner, to spite the hosts. <laughs> maybe. So maybe that's maybe that's where he was going for there. I don't know, but. I don't want to I twist. Did me- no, I did mention there was some other mumbo jumbo at the start and afterwards, but I, I felt I got to the meat and potatoes. And you did, you did mention all that. So, Aldino uh, didn't think that that was the case, but I stand by it. <laughs> yeah, you know there was there was a good amount of feedback on the episode, and I figure let's 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 discuss some of that. Let's discuss some of that feedback too. So, um, I'm going through the. Queet quotes, and this was Dave's Queet quote where he said, um, "If you're a bigger fan, he said it, that the host treated the end more like the NFL and less like MLB." And um, so, reading through the comments, um, 
Look here, Dean King. He made a comment. <laughs> he said, the way I read that is MLB puts a runner on second base in extra innings to make it easier to score a run. Like y'all stacked the deck to try and make seventh son the winner. NFL's more fair. Even a coin flip would have been better. You know what? This is what I think. You think a coin flip would have been better, except if it would have landed on our side that we were rooting for, then you would have said, oh, y'all didn't even flip a coin. So, Well, did you go into that last week thinking that Seventh Son was going to win? Originally, when I had the idea to do those two, I thought Seventh Son's going to destroy them, uh, destroy <laughs> peace of mind. And Kirsty had the same thought. Once we looked, and once I looked at the matchups, because like I said, you can say whatever you like, Dean, but I removed, and and there's no arguing. I removed the worst song on Peace of Mind, and moved everything up. If I didn't remove that, then the next two songs both lost to Seventh Sun songs, and it became what was it five to three easily. So the fact that I because then that would have just pushed To Tame a Land off the album. Said okay, now it's eight against eight. That's all you can do. Now let me let me let me continue here because. Dean said that, and then Dave came back and he said, that is also a valid interpretation of what went on at the end of the pod. And he said, I was actually just going for the fact that they can at least tie in the NFL as opposed to MLB. Or, in other words, give peace of mind the tie at a minimum. And I I, want to say, I, I know there's more here, so listen to this, Matthew. That's like participation awards, though. Yeah, kind of yeah. That. Just not everyone gets a trophy. Just listen to this. So Dean comes back. I like your meaning too. A tie was the actual result. I just wanted to tell Uncle Steve that he put the fix in at the end of to make Seventh Son the winner, but I'm declaring a tie. And then my comment back was I removed Quest for Fire, which allowed Peace of Mind to even get the tie. <laughs> and then, oh, I hit the wrong button. And of course, so you know there was more to that, Matthew. And then, of course. And then and then and then Dean comes back and says, actually, I love Quest for Fire. And <sighs> Matthew, have you had a stiff drink tonight? Uh no, I haven't even had dinner yet. Okay, well just make sure you're so, sitting down. Just make sure I'm you're on sitting, fumes. Just make sure you're sitting down for this. Actually, this is Dean talking here. Actually, I love Quest for Fire. And it see, this is him saying this basically throws like she Shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, every <laughs> argument. It's like it's like him cheating to win the race, and then at the very end telling everyone he cheated and they take his award away. <laughs> Actually, I love Quest for Fire, and it would beat most songs on Seventh Son head to head. For example, oh god, this is where it gets. This is just. This is where I think he's just taking a page out of Ab's book. Was this the rabbit hole? For example. Where- I'll take Quest over Moonchild any day. So, so Matthew, what he's telling me, he would rather listen to Quest for Fire than Moonchild any day. And he says, repeat Moonchild over and over, real slow and boring like Bruce does on the song. And then... I'm just thinking I of just, all the other people that would make the same pick as Dean just did, and I think it'd be uh, a pretty lonely time um, that he'd have on the island of one person. 
I don't see anyone else. Yeah, I don't. I don't see anyone. And 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 you know how many you know how many uh re, you know people came up behind him and backed him up on that. <laughs> El Zippo. Yes, exactly. Nobody. Nobody's backing that up. Nobody. <laughs> Let's see who liked this comment. I think I think D might have stepped down by now on that train of thought. Ah man, I hope so. I hope so. He, that's that's just pretty. Uh, that's pretty ridiculous. I mean, like I said, I when, when they're saying I stacked the deck. <laughs> I mean, I I removed the worst song to make because I said I even told you guys let's just make this fair. We'll get rid of the worst song on the album, and that way, you know, then you got to tame a land at the end. You got Sun and Steel versus you know whatever at the end. It's just is the I, I, I you know I'm. I felt like Matthew, what I did was more than fair, but you know, I mean, you can't please, you know what they say? You can't please all the people all the time. I I tried to please the people and it just did not work out. Someone else came on here and just said many more songs on peace rock much harder. You know, that's okay. I, I can understand that. I can understand that comment. You know, it's just, that's your opinion. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's go here and, um, cause there's a lot of interesting comments here. Okay. Andrew said that, you know, it could have been con- condensed down to Quest for Fire wins, right? Or Quest for Fire is on there, so Seventh Son wins. Looky here. Dean King comes back and says, no, no. Didn't think you'd be one of them. Peace of mind is so good. Even Quest for Fire would beat any song on Seventh Son straight up, except maybe the Clairvoyant. <laughs> okay, there's more. Let's see. Let's see the replies he got here. Um, and then, <laughs> then, then I guess. Uh, oh, someone posted a, an account that I can't see. I can't read I, it. I was just. I was getting the ACDC flashback. Which when he's coming, it's just deep in. Yeah. Deep in. Deep so in the what? <laughs> he's deep, deep in the, in the hole. hole. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and so I said to him. This is the most ludicrous thing I have seen in a long time. Now I think you must be drinking and drunk tweeting at this point. And he says, I maybe have three drinks a week. So, oh, which is probably well below average. Probably a co-host or two as well. (laughs) Nope. Sober, serious opinion. Dinosaur song is awesome. And uh, I think that I can swear that took a little bit of a turn here. Dinosaur song, and my res- my response was just "Dear God." Um, and then Andrew came back and said, "I'm pleased to say I'm definitely one of them. I've had I'd have had a score of seven to one, Seventh Son, maybe six to two if Revelations was up against Can I Play with Madness, <laughs> but Seventh Son of a Seventh Son beats any song on Peace of Mind except the Trooper, which is what I gave it." Peace mm-hmm. of Mind is really good, but Seventh Son is easily Maiden's best album. So we, you know, there's no no qualms with where uh, Lord Andrew stands here. So um, Dinosaur That's Song. Why he's the Lord. Yeah, Dinosaur Song. You know, um, Matthew, do you know what they call the shortest dinosaur? Uh, no, I don't. I was thinking you were about to tell the joke I told you during the week. But, no, uh, no, no, That's no. That's not your joke. I don't. Do you know Nothing. what they what a, do you know what they call the shortest dinosaur? What do they call the shortest dinosaur? A diosaur. Oh, see, that's not funny. <laughs> anyway, move along. Nothing to uh, hear there. Hey, did 
did I tell you that I fi- that uh, R2D2? You know, I, I made a I made a little joke about R2D2 and Ronnie James Dio. Yeah, I was um, there a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know if anyone has noticed this, but R2D2, R2, Ronnie, D, O, two. <laughs> also, not, also not funny. Yeah, but that's that's just funny to me. <laughs> You said it. You said it right. That's just funny to me. Yeah. I don't see yeah. anyone else laughing. So, uh, I saw that. There's I, more, I wasn't amused. There are more. Um, there are more. Um, so here's another comment from somebody. It says, uh, strong feelings indeed. I love Seventh Son and all, but the seed is sown in the holy place, predicting mm-hmm. war for millions in the hope that one appears. The horse he sweats with fear we break to run. Sunlight falling on your seal. Yeah. Peace of mind. And then Andrew came back and he said, my comment was more to do with the conclusion of the podcast than my own feelings. I agree. Peace of mind is fantastic. Quest brings it down a bit for me, but I love the album. I just think Seventh Son is Maiden's best album. So, yeah, well, I, like, I like that. I like there's, that. There's one interesting thing, though. We So, it was generally known or made known that we all picked Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, but no one spoke um badly of peace of mind did mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. what and why is that i think it's safe to say because, because we, we all like we like peace of mind but we don't keep it to the same level we don't put it on the same level that we do seven son of a seven son indeed just so that just so all the cards are on the table because we don't want people thinking yeah that we didn't yeah. like peace of mind we just prefer yeah it and, and we're not tearing down we're not i'm going to say this right now because it's going to come up later we're not tearing down peace of mind just to build seventh son up. Mm -hmm. Um, But after Andrew made his comment that he thought that was their best album, uh, it was Cynthia Christie that made the uh, other comment said, well, anyway, we have them both and hooray for that. Right. That's a good comment. That's a hundred percent accurate. That's a great comment. Uh, Next up we had, uh, let me see here. Let me see if there's any worthwhile comments here. Um, Mm, nothing right there. Let's skip down here. Okay, yeah, this is a good one. The cleanest of ancient misters, where he made his comment about me being the good captain and the two on the crew running the boat up on the land, which would have been you and Kirsty. <laughs> Maybe that's because y'all were from us, you know, in Australia area. So, oh, look at this. Um, Casey Matt would be you on on Twitter <laughs> said. <laughs> I don't even think the captain can tame these two, but at the end of the day, he has the power to make it all end. <laughs> you had a really long end. A, a Bruce-like end. Yeah. And then Kirsty came on there and put a monkey in a boat trying to turn a steering wheel. <laughs> I guess that would be me, right? I would imagine so. So I thought that was pretty funny there. That's pretty funny there. Um, Jesse, the delivery guy, we already read his. Now, this is one comment here that got a lot of traction here from the detention teacher of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. We won't introduce the teacher again. We all know who he is again. Um, I read his list. Now, uh, we got a comment from somebody. Uh, Justin, I laughed so hard my abs hurt Castaldo after Gen's list. I said Jen, didn't I? Gen. Sorry. No, you said you said Gen. Okay. And he said, 
LOL, period. Mine is exactly the same as you, Gen. And then he tagged me in it. Like, like, why, why do I need to, uh, why do I need to be tagged in that? I mean, so, uh, he said that, um, someone, uh, see Frank Paul, he said, um, these are the, oh yeah, I read this earlier. I got a little, I got a little, up. I got a little, um, I responded to this. He said, these are the same people I bet that always complain that Maiden hasn't made a good album since Power Slave. He's talking about us. I'm like, Frank Paul obviously never listens to the podcast because if he did, <laughs> then he would know that that we rank those albums. And I just said, just FYI, these people love the later Maiden as much as the older. My two favorite Maiden albums came out in the new era. And then Gen came on there and backed me up and he said, and that's what I like about you, Uncle Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. But I read that, I'm like, that how could you eat? How how could you sit there and say, "Hey, I'd never listen to your podcast," saying we don't think that anything good's come out since Power Slave. That's that's a pretty quick way to do that. Um, uh, two of my two of my top three uh, post post yeah, union exactly. Uh, then another another post on here says uh, this is Future Squash seven six seven. I guess Quest for Fire just doesn't exist now. And he said, "Oh uh, no, it hasn't hasn't been canceled." We're not canceling. Yeah. Cancel culture. Yeah, we yeah. we put cancel culture to it. It was too offensive for us. <laughs> the song. <laughs> it offended our eardrums. So this is what he said. And he says, my favorites off of each album. And he said, uh, Where Eagles Dare, um, Revelations, Fly to Vicarus, The Evil That Men Do, Trooper, Still Life, Seven, uh, Sun and Steel, and To Tame a Land. Peace, Seven, Seventh Son, One. And now, this is the guy that came on a couple weeks ago and said he hated the album. He said, so then um, Gen says, yeah, they took Quest for Fire out to match up the numbers. Uh, I followed their rules, but wow, seven to one? I knew, he said, well, I knew how this would turn out for you, though. And he says, yes, I'm the local Seventh Son hater. I will still stick by Moonchild and Evil That Men Do are the only songs I like on the album, which is crazy. But, you know, it's his opinion. So I, I, I can respect that he... He does just doesn't like the certain stuff. That's just, you know, that's good. And uh, Death is an Exit. He said, why is Seventh my favorite of the two albums, but score it five to three, peace of mind? So mm. that's that's more, that's, and then I told him, I said, that song order is tricky. You know, it changes it. So, um, and let's see here. Let's see here. Uh the cleanest of ancient misters commented here as well. And he said, good list. I give Re revelations, the edge over infinite dreams. So five to three for me song versus song really provided some interesting matchups. And Gen agreed. He said, I often compare album versus album, but never song versus song. Very interesting. And also fun at the same time. Uh, and then someone else, someone else named Matt, not you. He says, wow, I actually agree with those answers again. I do believe that Seventh Son is a better record, but this scoring doesn't necessarily account for the fact that some songs should be worth more than just besting another song, which is why we rank Seventh Son higher overall because the the sum of the parts make the whole greater, right? Yeah, kind of you. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, and then someone else came on that didn't listen. And the song Quest for Fire? Question mark. <laughs> 
I was like, we had to pull one off of peace of mind to even it out. And I figured why not pull the worst song? <laughs> Let's see here. Um, oh God. Here's someone that said for me, this is metal referendum for me. Seventh son, seven peace of mind. One only sun and steel beat the clairvoyant. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. But it's not the good order of peace of mind to tame the land is the last song. See, he didn't listen. He didn't do it. He listened. And I told him we removed quest for fire to even it out. And then someone came on there and said, the trooper is better than seventh son. Oh my God. And then again, let's read what Gen says. Seventh son is a great song, but ooh, Matthew, you sitting down for this I, one. Yeah, I saw again, but it's not yeah. even in my top 10 maiden epics. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love the song, but I just think there are so many other songs that are better than that. The Trooper is one of them. Do you want to say anything? No. <laughs> just no. Okay. And then, okay. I mean, they, they, they're hard. They are hard to compare, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got Short, Sharp, and whatever versus a, I don't know. I think a superior track just because of the music in it. In yeah. Seven Sun. Yeah. But, you know, everyone's got an opinion. Now, this person, yeah. Now, this person, death is an exit that said five to three. I changed my mind four to four. And again, asked why. He said tame versus good. So he must have changed his uh, ranking there. Only the good die young is my favorite track from Seventh Son, says Gen. And let's see here. Uh, I can't. Okay, let's go back on that one because that was pretty much all the comments from Gen's posts here. Uh, did Dave have any interesting posts? I don't know what that means. I can't even. Uh, I can't. Some some of the, someone made a comment with a bunch of acronyms, and I don't know what those acronyms mean. So you uh, can read them. We'll see if we can. Even without uh, Kirsty here, we can try. Okay, so let's. Uh, yeah, we need Kirsty for that one. So this is on uh, one of my. Uh, this is one of the things in here. So I shared the episode and <laughs> the first comment on here is from Dean. And he says, Oh, Matt, isn't there enough disinformation in the news today without you adding to it selectively editing my words? And then Matthew, you came right back and you said, did I get the context wrong? I did mention that there was some other mumbo jumbo in there. I thought I had the methods down in a roundabout sort of way. A very roundabout sort of way. Hope you made it through the ep. Health intact. <laughs> and he said, very roundabout way indeed. As in, went all the way around to the completely opposite side of what I said. As for health, yeah, it was good for my health listening to you struggle song by song and how strong peace of mind is. <laughs> and I'm just like, again, we're not, we're not trying to, you know, poo-poo on peace of mind at all. And then so, uh, and then he came on here again, Mr. Dean King. I have to say, rather than irritating me, well, a little, I listened to most of this with a big smile. Oh, how y'all struggled to get the outcome you wanted. And, and then Kirsty said, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I couldn't really tell much difference between Steve and Matt's pronunciations. I don't know why that, I don't know what, well, I don't know what that's about. Uh, oh wait, he said something different. I think here, uh, I said, I told them up front, it wasn't going to go like we thought, which made it much more intriguing. 
To which Dean responded, as I said, it gave me a big grin at many points. Let's face it. Peace of mind is very, very strong, and it would do well up against any album in metal history. Props, Matt, by the way, for, oh, that's what he was talking to. Props, Matt, by the way, for pronunciation of Dune references and Kirsty for nailing what I love about To Tame a Land. So I just had to, and then you asked if he'd seen the movie. Um, he never came back to me on that. I thought I asked him about my pronunciations and he didn't really, I think he said that my pronunciations were pretty terrible. Yeah, you were faltering there. And then I, could, I couldn't take it. Now, what do you make of this? Because Kirsty did have a comment because you said, have you seen the last movie? And Kirsty said, this means, that means nothing to me. I don't see those movies. I'm too pretty. <laughs> Who am I to argue? Yeah, I, I, it made me laugh that she said that. Uh, I could have swore that that I asked him. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Here's something. Oh, I said, what about my pronunciations? And he said, not too good. <laughs> Dune is a subject along with Dungeons and Dragons and Dio, along with some others that you should never talk about. I'll keep a list. <laughs> hey, I don't mind not talking about Dungeons and Dragons. And if I don't talk about Dungeons and Dragons, that automatically omits Dio, right? Well, I was going to say, for someone who says that they don't like Dio, you do an awful lot of Dio talking. I like to uh, I like to upset people. So. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. It, it bothers you, people sometimes. You sure you're not harboring something here that you do? You want to let anything out? You know what I was thinking though. I don't tell me. I mentioned earlier that I listened to Flick of the Switch this week, yeah. and I told you when I got it right back in eighty three, eighty or probably eighty four. It would have been. 84. I was yeah. You said when you said early eighties, I thought is this going to be Dio? <laughs> so. I got it in 84, 85, and I know that in that first selection of Columbia House, I'm 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 99.9% sure that the last in line would have been in there as well, the Dio album or the cassette. I, I think his one after that, I don't know if that was in there or not, because that would have made it 85. It could have been 85. Um, but it made me think when I started saying that, now someone's going to come along and go, well, you did get Dio. You got last in line back then. Maybe you should give that another listen and you know see how that sits with you. So, so go ahead, Matt. I know you want to say it. <laughs> I just don't understand. Yeah, just, I, and I, you know, the funny thing is, I really have tried. I really have tried with Dio uh, multiple times. I've seen a Dio cover band a couple times that was opening for different bands. And I thought they were good if it's the same one that I oh, saw. Oh, yeah. That's right. You were there. You saw it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was the same band. And I just remember listening to the songs, and I'm just like, it just, just, they don't do anything. Like, to me, okay, is one of Dio's biggest songs, We Rock? Yeah, it was one of the most well-known, yeah. Because I just thought that was not a good song. I'm just like, like, they're playing it. Like I'm like, if a cover band's playing it, it must be... You're either pulling out an old school hit, something deep cut that everyone no. wants to hear, or it's a hit. And I'm just like, man, if that's one of his better songs, then then he uh, should just hang it up. Is that what you're trying to say? You know, he made a career. He made a career out of it. He fronted Black Sabbath three different times. So I mean, you know, he kept going back to that well that was already uh, dug and sprung, springing water up. You know, multiple times. So. Uh, you know, he was a big name and blah, blah, blah. He got to Black Sabbath. So his name, along with their, at the time, the second time he joined, their name was kind of mud, I think. So so that was, and, and I do, that's the only, 
album that he's ever sang on that I've ever purchased was the Dehumanizer album. So, and you don't like that, you know? So, is there nothing in that you like? I I think I liked it some back then, hmm. but or, I, I mean, I don't. I, like I said, I, I I never for anyone, you know, because I've had people come on and say, I know I, I sometimes I like to make a, a funnier deal out of it and kind of you know rag it out a little more because it's funny and it upsets people sometimes. <laughs> but I've I've never come on here and ever said. I think he's a terrible singer. He was horrible, blah, blah, blah. I just, I don't like his lyrical content. I musically, it just never really was like standout for me. You know, it didn't, it just didn't stand out the way, like I said, I got bark at the moon. That was part of that Columbia house thing. And mm-hmm. I got bark at the moon that stood out. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the guitar playing. I enjoyed the vocals and, you know, I related to it. I just, the Dio stuff never did it for me. And, you know, let it be known that you heard it from here. I mean, I don't hate his vocals. I just don't love his vocals either. They just, it's just in the middle somewhere for me. And, you know, I've had, I know, I know our buddy Dean has tried to get me to say, you, you can't deny that he's one of the greatest. And I'm like, well, for you, that's fine. I mean, for me, no, he's, I mean, I'm not, like I said, he, he forged, he, he made a music career for what, from the late sixties, early seventies until he passed away 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, you can't fault that at all. I mean, that's very impressive. It, not everybody loves everything. There's a lot of people that love country music too, you know, but well, if we can go on a tangent. Yeah. So I was, I was basically the opposite of you then. Cause I didn't, I didn't care about Ozzy. Wasn't interested in him at all, but I was uh, in Dio and I listened to a lot of Dio when I was in my teens, but and I don't know if you know this off the top of your head or not. You mentioned something that our friend Joe had said to you about why Dio was taken more seriously all of a sudden or something. Do you mm-hmm. recall that? What was that about? Um, I can, I'd, uh-huh. Go ahead and keep talking and let me, I'll find it. No, because I was just under the impression that Dio was Dio, like not someone who was ridiculed or made fun of or, or anything like that. I'd always just that he was equal to anyone else. But then when you had made that comment that he was taken more seriously or Joe had said something to you, mm-hmm. then that kind of put a little bit of a spin on, uh, I guess, the perception of him prior. And I was just trying to work out what that was because I never thought anything, um, not ill towards or anything, or he, he was just another band or another singer in a band that I like growing up. There was never anything to be made a joke of or anything. Sure. So sure. I was curious sure. just to see what prompted that. If you were, if you knew what it was or could remember. I remember. You do? I have it right in front of me. <laughs> uh, so, so what was all that about then? So it made it sound like Dio didn't have any respect or as much respect, say, let me read in, it to you. I'll read it to you. Happened. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure the Grecian Martian won't mind. Um, He's in hiding right now, anyway, right? Huh. He's so, in isolation. He's in lockdown. Yeah, he's in. He, yeah, he's in, he's in set list lockdown, which I totally yeah, understand. Yeah. I told him there would be no spoilers on my podcast. That's why I'm. That's why the set list is not getting discussed on my podcast at all. So, so should we? This would be like a um, little time machine for him. We'll say hello, hello, Joe. And he hey, can hear Joe. It couple, he can hear Grecian it in a Martian. months. <laughs> Mr. Caveman. So, so we we were in a conversation and. Um, and I tried to think who who is this that said, I believe it was our friend Abs. And we were kind of going back and forth. Um I, I something happened and I said, uh, 
we were talking about Blackie Lawless and Jeff Tate and great singers. And um, let's see here. Uh, I said, uh, I, I don't think Dio was necessarily as big as the others. Take joining other famous guys' bands away, and what did he do? Because he was in Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Mm-hmm. He was in Black Sabbath. Two, you know, Richie Blackmore was established from Deep Purple, and Black Sabbath was established, obviously. He was in uh, what, what, what was Elf. He was in a band called Elf. I don't know anything about that. No, so he was in something before that as well. But if he wasn't. If he wasn't in Dio or Rainbow, does he ever even get to the point where he can have his own solo career? You know, but regardless, whatever he brought to the table, Richie Blackmore, who who is this guitar guru, liked him enough to bring him on. And, of course, uh, he got introduced to um, Black... You know who introduced him to Black Sabbath? Who's that? Sharon Osbourne. Oh, okay. I don't know if I heard that or not. Yeah. So... But he, but he had an. I mean, he was obviously enough of whatever he was to get to that point. So I mean, you can't take away his. You, you can't go and rewrite history. Those things happened. If it never happened, there, you probably wouldn't be talking about the guy. I don't know. Maybe he would have done something different. I don't know. But um, let's see here. Uh, who is this that said this? I think uh, I think Abs, our buddy uh, I'll, Justin. I laughed so hard my abs hurt. <laughs> Costaldo. He said. Yeah, awesome singer. And then he said, same thing as Ozzy, which I'm like, no, Ozzy was in Black Sabbath. He was the, the original. That's where he got off with, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe he was saying he was a good vocalist. I don't know. Um, I made a I made a comment that Jeff Tate, ooh, Ray might get mad when he hears this. I said, Jeff Tate doesn't express emotion like Ozzy or Blackie Lawless, though. And I think we had a conversation about that because, and not to, I love Jeff Tate. He's a great singer. And I think he does display some emotions, but to me, Ozzy and Blackie both really, it's really easy to get it. Like, uh, see, I disagree with you there. Blackie, I definitely agree. Ozzy, not so much. I think it's because you don't like Ozzy. You just I don't, don't dislike him. There is, but you're I, not as aware of it because you don't listen to his music as thoroughly. You know, I think that's probably, probably it. But now, Jeff Tate is a better singer than both of those guys. Mm-hmm. So, but I think his is more. I don't want to say mechanical, but it's just he's so great of a singer that. He's hitting such high when you're hitting these super high notes. It's and it's hard to display emotion. Probably I don't know. Not no diss on him at all because I love Jeff Tate. And then so so this is what Abs came back and said. Honestly, listen to this. Honestly, you want to talk about ludicrous? And I'm sorry to be outing outing a a, a comment thread that happened. Uh, was that this year? Oh wow, this is only three three or four months ago. This is three months ago, four months ago. Honestly, Black Sabbath without Ozzy has better albums as a whole, but some seriously iconic stuff with him as well. They don't have better albums with uh, without Ozzy. Sorry, Abs. Which I said, no way. The Ozzy Sabbath are the best. And he said, I majorly disagree, but the early stuff is so slow that there's a lot of duds. I can understand someone not liking that. Mm-hmm. So... This is where um, our buddy uh, Joe came in. And, and this is just an interesting uh, uh, thought about Dio because I, you know, he, he's from Europe, right? So he doesn't have, he just has a different perspective. And, yeah. and maybe some other people that are from Europe can chime in on this or, 
He said, Dio is a weird one. In the UK, at least, he was deeply unfashionable all through the 90s. In fact, in Kerrang, I remember them calling Black Sabbath with Dio a musical joke. Mm. Then, when New Metal turned up and Killswitch Engage covered Holy Diver and Dio was in the Tenacious D film, it suddenly became cool to like Dio. I think at first people liked him ironically. Then they started to like him non-ironically, and he was suddenly, actually, majorly respected. Very odd one. Interesting. That's very interesting. Because I remember, I saw Killswitch uh, engage when they played Holy Diver, and I had no idea that they were going to, that they had even covered it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw that, so to me it was like, oh, this is cool. But yeah, I never felt that way about Dio. He was just someone that I grew up listening to and liking. But it was only his Dio stuff. I'd never listened to like the Heaven and Hell album, and I ended up going on to get Dehumanizer. Yeah. Now I think that was the only Sabbath album that I ever actually bought. But no, I was just curious to that. So that's just an interesting take. But maybe that's you know the part of the world that you're in. I don't know. And then just just to, just to throw something at just to throw a a, a how much how much Abs loves Iron Maiden? I just want to throw this out. A month later, Abs came back and he said, "Just <laughs> you know how you see those little memes that'll say nobody, and then this one person comes out yelling something. Yeah, nobody's no one has said anything since March second, and then on March twenty eighth, Abs comes out. I've listened to Senjutsu all the way through five times today. <laughs> and honestly, huh?" Random, yeah, yeah. It honestly gets better with every listen. So well, that's good. Okay, so so let's just uh, let's just turn this into a, back into an Iron Maiden, just a little bit of Iron Maiden here, Matthew. Yeah, just just you know, you may know where I'm going here. <laughs> can, I answer, I'm, can I answer? Can I answer now? No, 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 it's okay. not. It's not that question. Oh, okay. But how close are you? Do you think to to pulling out Senjutsu and playing it? How close have you gotten? And how close are you? Because I know you haven't listened to it. If so, you would have said it. No, I come pretty close to thinking about it. It was the last week of the week before. Something to do with Hell on Earth. I kept reading about Hell on Earth. And I was like, oh, will I do it? And I was like, no, I just didn't. But I did think about it. Mm. If you put on Hell on Earth, I think you'll regret it. You'll regret not listening to everything else first. Because it's a very special album closer. That I think everything else. I think if you just one day you're going to listen to it all, and you know, I, I I know that you have your reasons, and and you know you've stated your reasons on here, and that's perfectly respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I, I keep wondering when that day is going to come. I mean, we don't talk about it every week. It's like I, sometimes I'll be driving around and I'll just think I do an Iron Maiden podcast with a guy that <laughs> hasn't listened to the new album yet. <laughs> yeah, I can see the irony in that. Um, it cracks me up. I don't know. But you know what? I look at it like. I'm one of the the few people that has that to look forward to. Yeah, still. you still have new Iron Maiden to look forward to right yeah. now. So for that, I'm grateful. And I was thinking about all these shows that are coming up, and I know that I'm not going to get to see anything that I don't know because I do know the first few tracks. No, but to me, I, what I thought was going to be cool was imagine if they come out and played some stuff that I've never heard. And I would oh, yeah. be I would be in an Iron Maiden show and have, what is this song? What is this? And maybe I'll get that opportunity, or most likely I probably won't. But either way, I uh, I have something to look forward to still, and that's the way I look at it. It's so always there. 
what do you think is going to happen next? Let's 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 fast forward past all of the current legacy of the Beast Tour. Right? They've got yeah. however much more dates set to perform. I'm not looking it up and trying to figure out how many, but we all know we've all the set list has come out, you know, and and it's been told. What do you think happens after the tour is over? The the legacy of the beast. Did, let me give you a few scenarios. Let me uh, let's just say let's just discuss them here. Mm-hmm. Iron Maiden comes out and says, "We're going to tour Senjutsu now in full. We're going to come out. We're going to play the whole album." Do you think that happens? I don't know. So I remember reading an interview where Bruce had touched on that. And mm-hmm. saying that they could play some smaller shows for like hardcore fans that want to see that, and because it was brought up that they did that with a matter of life and death, and he came yeah. back and said, "Well, you know what? You don't have to buy a ticket." So, and I would be of the the mindset I would go to that. You know, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so, will they do that? I kind of hope so, and I hope that they record that as well. Oh, yeah, if they do. So, I think that's. I don't know, I guess if he's mentioned it. But he see, the thing that I'm not sure about there is, you know, headlines are headlines for a reason. He said maybe they've talked about the possibility. Mm-hmm. So that's just a discussion. It's nothing firm. So I don't know. Do I hope it happens? Kind of. But then there's some other reasons why I kind of hope it doesn't happen as well. And that may be something you were going to allude to in another question maybe. Another thought is what they normally do uh-huh. on a tour is they come out and they play, you know, whenever Book of Souls was out, Book of Souls has, is it 12 songs or 11? I can't remember. I'm looking right now. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I want to say it has 12. But you know what? Book of Souls. You know, this is an Iron Maiden podcast. That I was just, just thinking, if only there was someone who was really into Iron Maiden. If only we had some out. Iron Maiden fans here. Yeah, there's 11 on Book of Souls. That's what I was thinking, but yeah. So it's just just seems like it's 13 or 14 songs on there. Yeah. On So on Book of Souls, the show I went to, they played If Eternity Should Fail, Speed of Light, Great Unknown, Red and the Black, Book of Souls. Um, so they played five songs. Man, they literally played the whole first side of the album. No, I'm sorry. And then they played Death or Glory as well. So, so you didn't get Tears of a Clown, did you? No, we got the show I went to got Great Unknown, not the Tears yeah. of a Clown. That's that's what I had. Which I'm I'm glad for that. Um, but so eleven songs, they played six of them. So this album also has eleven songs. No, I'm sorry, ten songs. Ten songs on the new album. And mm-hmm. so let's just say they play half the album. Man, that would be that we, they've already, you know, they've already announced what they're playing on the first, you know, and I, and I, and Bruce has even said as much of the songs that, you know, the, the three that they would play in an interview. I'm sure, you know, Joe has seen that. So if he heard this, he's not getting a spoiler, but I wonder what would be, um, I wonder what would be next. Like if they were going to do a tour like that, let's just say they were going to play five. Like what I would, I'm thinking to myself, what two songs do they include? Or do they get rid of one of those? Do they say we're taking out the writing? You know, they won't take writing of the wall out because that's a s- single. 
if Iron Maiden was going to do a tour, what songs would they add? You know, let's just say, you know, Bruce came out, said, we're going to play the first three songs on the album. They, they announced their future tour. You assume that they'll probably leave the first three songs off the album, if that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. But what else would they add? Would they? Because I think they would add. I think it, personally, I think they would do three more songs. I don't think they would just do two, because some of these songs are shorter. Like uh, I know you, I know you're not probably totally aware of it, but like Days of Future Past is only four minutes long. Um, good lord, everything else is. That's the only short song. Every other song on the album that you haven't heard is this long: nine and a half minutes, seven minutes, seven twenty, ten twenty, twelve thirty, eleven twenty. Good Lord. So the last three tracks, isn't that like 30 minutes thereabouts? Oh, it's 30, 34 minutes. Oh, okay. 30, yeah, roughly 34 minutes. So um, <clears throat> I know there's a lot of takes on, you know, people saying they want them to play all three of those. There's some people that say, like me personally, if if they just played Hell on Earth, that would be amazing. That'd be really good to hear. Uh, Days of Future Past is probably... I would like to hear that. It's short. It's something you could get in quick. So I think that would be a good one to hear. Lost in a Lost World. I don't know if you've heard that one or not, but uh, um, that's that's kind of a really different for them. So I that I I think that one would be hard to pull off live. So I don't mm-hmm. know. But I'd love to I'd love to hear the whole album. But I, I think so. Okay, in, in this, do you think that they would play? What what's more likely? Do you think them doing a tour moving forward? Here I'll give you three choices. I haven't named the third choice yet. I think I think Gen did a poll about this recently too. Yeah, I think this is yeah what I was thinking you were gonna allude. Yeah, to. so so now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, so so little credit to Gen here because because I know he's brought this up recently too. Do you think that they would do a full album tour after the current tour? A, a an album tour where they play five or six songs like a normal, like they did on book of souls and like they did on final frontier and so on and so on. Or do you think they would just be like, we're done. We're going to record another album. Actually give me your one, two, three scenario. Which one do you think is most likely and least likely in order? Cause I know what I think is least likely. I think least likely is let's move aside what we've done and go to a new album. I don't. I agree. I don't see that. I don't see that happening. Okay, so let me ask this then before you yeah. ask the rest. Do uh-huh. you think this is their last album? Oh, that's a hard one. Because you think about um, this, Nico McBrain. Yes, he's seventy. I was today. Him. Happy birthday, Nico! Is seventy years old today. So, a year from to you know so so. But, but you can get around that. This has I been know. talked about before. There's contingencies, perhaps. There is. There is. I, I kind of think that they don't go past this. I think, I think, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You you don't think this is their last. You Do you think this is their last album? Yes or no? Uh, it, as the band intact as they are at this point in time. Do it, you think that Iron, that, that another album, another studio Nico. album with Iron Maiden on the cover comes out, whether it's Joe Laz on drums or whether it's Nico on drums? I hope so, but I no. Yeah, you know, let's say yes. I'm going to yes, say yes. Okay, probably okay. one more. I'm going to give you a no. I think this is their last studio album. 
maybe I'm just hoping more than anything else. There's a, yeah, there, this this obviously I, we I know nothing, so you know yeah. <laughs> my opinion is uh, mud. So um. and the only reason I kind of say there may be one more is that Bruce has been quoted before as saying, you know, we'll just we're not going to retire. Yeah. We'll just die on stage. But then then there was also something else that Kirsty had posted during the week. And just L- because Lewis, read- com- Lewis completely refuted that, said it was total BS. Oh, did he? Yeah. Good. I was going to say, yeah, I tagged him. Online. As soon as I saw it, I tagged him. I was like, Lewis, have you heard anything like this? Because I could see that being out there. Or I could see one of those guys thinking that, but not saying it. Yeah, yeah for sure. I don't want to rock the boat, you know? Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad that that's the case then. Okay. Do you think... Okay, so which do you think is the more likely scenario of the other two then? What was the other one again? As far as touring? A full... For- play the full album tour or a play five to six songs album tour? I wonder if it's mixed. Because I was just thinking a second ago while you were talking. I wonder if they would do a split show, particularly in the US. Because I was just thinking about the Final Frontier tour. Where when they started that here, the only song that we were getting was El Dorado. But by the time they started, uh, well, obviously when they went to South America and to Europe and wherever else, they were getting a, a full-blown Final Frontier tour. So I wonder if they would do, if they do their normal tour, five or six songs, and they do something like that in the US, but maybe places like South America or around Europe maybe, that they get that sort of show where it's probably, I'd say, more appreciated. I feel like... Because as it sits today, June 5th, I believe, let's see, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. We're nine months currently. The album, I think it came out the 5th, I think. But we're about, we're at least, we're nine months at least into the album being out right now. Yeah. So with the Final Frontier, they were, that was before the album came out, right? When they were playing one song. Oh, I can't remember now. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty sure that's what I remember. So it feels to me, and, and they're already playing more than one song now as they tour. So I can't imagine. I I think what would be an interesting mix would be maybe they do a tour. Like I didn't think about this but until you said it, but where they do a full tour mm-hmm. and they're going to play five or six songs, but they do off shows like a few random shows where they're going to do the full album. And I thought about that, but that would be like, interesting. I don't know if that, maybe if they did that in the US, it would be in certain markets only. I couldn't see that being a full, a full blown thing. And maybe just a couple of shows across the US tour. Maybe they do like in New York mm-hmm. and you get your, your mixed show and then a second show as well, maybe. Yeah. But, but I mean, I'd like to see that, but I don't think I'll get that chance. So as it sits right now, we are three months away in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. from seeing Iron Maiden, you and I, in Denver. I am three months since, as it sits today, it's the fifth right now where I'm at, three months and six days away from seeing Iron Maiden in El Paso on their first, uh, nor- I believe it's the first North American, or it's the first United States date for sure. Yeah. Of the tour. So am I still going to that show as of today? Yes. Uh, (laughs) That could change, you know, because 
you know, there's a lot of financial things going on that are that could <sighs> that could change that. I hope not. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning toward. I think we're going to be able to make that show. So, which will, uh, that'll be the first time I've ever seen Maiden twice on any tour. So, but being a traveling Maiden fan at the moment in the current climate is tougher than it's been it's, in yeah, the past much for me different. anyway. This, yeah. At the yeah. current time, so I'm interested. I'd be interested to hear what other people think about Maiden's tour plans, what they think will happen next. That would be the interesting thing. I think that's a very interesting uh, thought is what, what, what happens from here, because we know they're on tour and, you know, God willing, we'll get the tour here. It won't be like what happened with uh, Australia and New Zealand on the end of the last tour when they were trying to get over there and those got canceled. So, mm-hmm. You know, we're hoping right now that we're going to still get it. it. All all appears, you know, all signs point to yes currently. So let's see. So we got that. Well, the only thing I kind of cling to is that, okay, I know it's almost a year old now, but even nine months ago, mm-hmm. what you got was still new old music because it, it was already done two years earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I cling to that and hope that, you know, there's still something left in the tank for them. Okay, so let me ask one. This will be the final question. We'll end with this one. Uh huh. With that in mind, that they recorded this album in 19. They recorded this album before I saw them live in 2019. And they were alluding to it when they were on tour. Bruce mm-hmm. was, had little quips here and there about new music. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he mentioned it. He mentioned mm-hmm. it. With that in mind, Hold on, I'm gonna have to think about. It. Let me let me think about how I was gonna word that. I started saying it. I tried to go too far off the end. And I, I was gonna say, and I do have one other thought. If this all goes kind of downhill yeah. for the entity of of Maiden, too, but I'll come yeah. to that after you've asked. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to edit this little part here because I'm completely drawn. I draw I drew a blank where I was gonna say that. Um, huh? I was gonna say, would would they if they end? <laughs> Hold on a second here. Let me think. Let me think. Because I, because I, because we have been talking. Because we've been kind of going on for about twenty minutes, just kind of waffling, talking, which is I think is okay. Just uh-huh. mate, just just gonna be a chat episode. So, uh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say if they, mm, they could at the end of this tour, just put yeah, because it was two years ago. I mean, they, you, it's like I'm, I'm with you. I feel like. Uh, let me, let me try to gather my thoughts so I can get this out real quick because that way you can get off the phone and eat. I can go downstairs and. Well, because I was just thinking. So even if this was ready in 2019, mm-hmm. so some of these songs could have been made, you know, 2018. Well, they recorded so then, it in 2019. Uh huh. So then, you know, what's it take them to write a song and, and put an album out? So there's. I don't know. It could be 12 months. Let's see here. Um, let's see here. Let me try to think, Charlie. Okay, so the tour ends. They've got okay. Let me let me. Uh, I don't know. I don't really don't know where I was going. I completely bl- blanked on it. So let me just try to salvage what I was going to say. <clears throat> I'm going to pause for about five seconds and let me so I can see that easier. Okay, so here's a thought. Steve Harris, right? Mm-hmm. We know that Steve Harris, back in the late 70s, early 80s, whatever, 
had a journal. They had everything kind of written down. Here's our game plan, right? Well, 2019, maybe that was on his game plan. You know, not not 1980, but maybe that was on his game plan in 2016. You know, we're going to do this. We'll tour. We'll do this. Of course, you know, or maybe the game plan. I'm sure the game plan changed when Bruce had cancer. Yeah. He wrote a new game plan. His new game plan was, we'll get together. We'll write. We'll get together in 2019. We'll record an album. It'll come out in 2020 in September-ish, which two years, we got a, a year later. We'll tour for a year and a half, or tour for a year, which would have been, put us to write about now. And then we'll start working on a new album. But Steve seems like he's probably, because of the pandemic thing, he had to change everything again and start writing. I figure he, I think he would have been writing during that time. Okay, but that raises a question. Yes. He may be writing, but who's he writing for? I think I'm talking about Iron Maiden because Iron okay. Maiden is his baby. That's his bread and butter. And it is. That's his legacy. It is. But then what if, so Bruce is going to go off and have his own album. Adrian's gone off and done something else. Not that they can't all just come back and do a maiden job. Sure. But um, not not giving any credence or anything to what I'd read about, you know, does someone want to retire? So if that's dispelled altogether, all well and good. But I don't know. I could see him doing another British Lion maybe. That's what I was going to say. So if they were just to, to leave, this is the last one. Mm-hmm. There's people there that can go off and still do their own other projects, and the ones that never have probably weren't going to anyway. Like, Dave sure. hasn't had a solo. I mean, Nico did something back in, oh, I forget when it was, 89 or 90 or something. Like, his little drum clinic and that. Yeah. Um, but Yannick's not doing anything. So there's half a half a band not doing anything. The other half that still want to be creative mm-hmm. have those have those avenues steve's lucky he's got two avenues he can write for maiden or write for british lion and i think he's happy just getting out and playing whatever he can play Mm, i I feel like he would have been writing for maiden because like i I think that's his even his british lion guys know everything everything takes sec backseat to iron Uh so obviously i would think during this time even you know adrian went off and you know, he was just hanging out with Richie, and they said, hey, why don't we just try to write something together? That's how that kind of all happened. And then they said, hey, this works. Let's just keep writing. Well, and there's talk of them doing that again as well. Yeah, yeah. It seems like he – it sounds to me like they've already got something written, mm-hmm. but they just maybe not have recorded. I don't know. But, you know, Bruce, his solo album has been years and years in the works. So, you know, they've probably – a little touch here, a touch there. It sounds like, obviously, they put some news out recently. So we know something's coming at some point. And with Maiden, they get done touring. Let's just say they, I just don't see them ending the legacy of the beast tour. And then saying, we're not going to do a proper tour for Senjutsu because they're very proud of that album. And I think that they go do a. I think they go do a proper tour for that. Maybe, maybe record another album. And I think if they record another album, though, I think that would be it. I don't think they would be even out touring it. I mean, I know Bruce came out with his whole "We're gonna tour till we die. We're gonna die on stage." <laughs> I don't see that happening. I mean, because I hope not. Yeah, yeah, we certainly don't want to see that. Want to? You want to see him going out with with everything they got? And I mean, like, like so when I saw Smith Cotton in in uh, earlier this year, 
And I remember looking at Adrian Smith, and he's up there playing, and he's up there singing, and and and, and I'm all the while I'm going, man, this guy's 65 years old. Uh-huh. I mean, he loves playing guitar. He loves what he's doing. So why stop? I totally understand that, but time is not forgiving, you know. And I just I just wonder if there's it comes a point where 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 one of those guys says. I am tired of this. I don't want to do it. And if, or it doesn't appear that it's ever going to be Steve, <laughs> you know, No. but um, either way, uh, I, I'd be interested to find out what people think about the whole, the, the touring, what happens, where do they go from here? And should we really care? I mean, I know what you do. The end is finally here is what we're going to say one day. All I can say is God have mercy. Exactly. That's what we'll all be saying on that day. <laughs> but, um, you know, that is going to happen one day and we're all going to be thankful that we got to live through it. Sad that it's over, but. You well, know. Do you know the only thing worse than a, a world without heroes? <sighs> what a world without dreams. Infinite dreams. I was going to say a world without maiden, a world without new maiden music. I could never imagined, you know, when I sat down, Years and years ago, listened to Number of the Beast for the first time, and and got into the the band then. Mm-hmm. That I would be the age that I am now, mm-hmm. and still listening to them. But what does my head in even more is thinking that the day will come when there won't be any new music from them. This is we're, we're just we're just we're, we're kind of ending this on a borderline depressing note, aren't we? <laughs> Let's go listen to Peace of Mind then. Yeah, you know what? Let's uh, let's go listen to let's go listen to some positive uplifting lyrics like take the gom jabbar or the the gash the what was it hatterack the quizach hatterack the quizach hatterack or we can reminisce about a time when dinosaurs you know walked the yeah, earth yeah yeah when whenever the short diosaurs walked the earth <laughs> uh, you see now you're going too far <laughs> you're crossing uh, the line well, I know we've kind of waffled on here, and, and we just decided we wanted to have a good discussion this week, just chat about Iron Maiden. What did we get into? We got into some ACDC. We got into some some Diosaurus Rex music. Uh, we got <laughs> into some uh, <laughs> We got into some Iron Maiden, end of the tour, end of the road. Uh, wait, that's Kiss, end of the road. Um, uh, supposedly. Yeah, exactly. No one to believe. I saw someone say the other day, they said, when, when Iron Maiden calls it quits, everybody will know that that's it. Yeah. They said, nobody still believes that this is Kiss's last tour. <laughs> no. But seriously, though, with all that said, it, it's been uh, an interesting conversation, just kind of uh, waffling on as we do. Uh, we don't do a lot. We don't do a lot of that just for an episode. Just just talking to, to quote an old podcast name, just talking Maiden, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's nice um, to just talk a bit of Maiden. Yeah, yeah, and and all the rest of it too. So, with all of that said, um, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Matthew, on behalf of Dio, Saurus, all these other mates, all these other dinosaur mates. Yeah, from my Maiden. From Eddie and from the boys.
things in life are bad They can really make you mad Other things just make you swear and curse When you're chewing on life's gristle That grumble, give a whistle And this'll help things turn out for the best And always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing Always look on the bright side of life It's quite absurd And death's the final word You must always face the curtain with a bow Forget about your seat Give the audience a grin Enjoy it, it's your last chance anyhow So always look on the bright side of death Just before you draw your terminal breath Dio Saurus 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 Dio Saurus. That's all, folks.